Welcome, everybody, to the one, the only Sean Sports Talk podcast. Even though I did create a new podcast today, the Lenny's Sports Gambling Podcast, that does not mean that this podcast is going anywhere. There is only one. There will only ever be one Sean Sports Talk podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. As I just said, I created a new podcast called Lenny's Sports Gambling Podcast, where unlike this this podcast where I talk about sports news and give my opinion, that one is very heavily uh, bet-oriented, including money line, parlays, spreads, all that good stuff. This one will continue to be a generalized sports news podcast with the occasional uh, athlete or guest, possible co-host for an episode uh, to talk. That's the difference. Before I get into today's podcast episode, I would like to thank Crimson IT for sponsoring. If you or someone you know has a small or medium-sized company that needs managed IT services, go to crimsonit.com, tell them that you found them from the Sean Sports Stop podcast, and you'll get a nice discount on whatever it is you're looking for. With that said, let's get right into it, starting with the NFL. The NFL and NFL Players Association reached an agreement on Tuesday to limit the isolation period of, for asymptomatic individuals who have tested positive for COVID-19 from 10 days to only five. This comes after the Center for Disease Control and Prevention recommended a five-day isolation period for individuals with COVID-19 who are asymptomatic followed by five days of masking. The change in the NFL would apply to both vaccinated and unvaccinated players. The league and players union already agreed to amend rules regarding to testing and return to play protocols. Players who are vaccinated and and asymptomatic are not required to undergo regular testing. In addition, players in the group can return more quickly after entering the COVID-19 protocols. As Tom Pilicero tweeted, quote, note that return to play is not contingent on being asymptomatic. You need five days since initial positive swab, at least 24 hours since last fever, other symptoms, e.g. cough, resolved or improved, cleared by team doctor in consultation with ICS and NFL. The latter step was because of new information regarding the risk of a, for a person with COVID-19 to spread the virus to others. Quote, it's not about loosening our standards, said Dr. Alan Sills, the NFL's chief medical officer. If anything, we're just, bring, we're just bringing a higher degree of precision in measuring ourselves against a more precise ruler. That's a good point. Uh, I tend to disagree with the CDC a lot of times, but I think this is a great move overall. Now switching gears to a very sad and serious topic. The NFL lost one of its biggest presences in league history on Tuesday. The league announced that John Madden died at the age of 85. His death was characterized as something that happened, quote, unexpectedly, and NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell issued a statement saying, quote, on behalf of the entire NFL family, we extend our condolences to Virginia, Mike, Joe, and their families. We all know him as the Hall of Fame coach of the Oakland Raiders and broadcaster who worked for every major network, but more than anything, he was a devoted husband, father, and grandfather. Nobody loved football more than coach. He was football. He was an incredible sounding board to me and so many others. There will never be another John Madden, and we will ne- and we will forever be indebted to him for all the for all he did to make football and the NFL what it is today. It is absolutely impossible to tell the story of football without mentioning John Madden for his various roles. He was a Hall of Fame coach for the Oakland Raiders from 1969 through 1978, and finished with a whopping 103-32-7 record. He led the Raiders to the Super Bowl title during the 1976 season, reaching the pinnacle of his profession after starting as an assistant coach for Allen Hancock College before he moved 
to the staff at San Diego State. Madden also never finished with a losing season as an NFL head coach, under, underscoring his overall consistency on the sidelines. According to the Pro Football Hall of Fame's website, his 759 regular season winning percentage is the highest for any coach with at least 100 career victories. That's absolutely insane. That is even more remarkable when considering the fact that he was the youngest head coach in the American League football in the American Football League when he was hired at 32 years old. Um, then he transitioned into broadcasting. Obviously, all the EA Sports NFL games are named after John Madden. Obviously, the Madden football game. So rest in peace to John Madden. He had a great life. He had an enormous positive impact on many people. And with that, I am going to... Some technical difficulties here. But I am going to switch gears to the NBA. Let's see how we're doing on time. Red five minutes. That is great. Hope you guys are having a great day. Los Angeles Lakers star LeBron James became just the third player in NBA history to score more than 36,000 points during Tuesday's 132-123 to win over the Houston Rockets. He joins Hall of Famers Karl Malone and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar atop the list, surpassing now Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, Dirk Nowitzki, Will Chamberlain, Shaquille O'Neal, Carmelo Anthony, and Moses Malone. The closest active player to LeBron is his teammate Carmelo Anthony, who is number nine on the list with 27,844 points. In addition, LeBron James is the youngest player to reach every round number milestone in points, according to ESPN Stats and Info. He is the youngest to reach every 1,000 points from 1,000 all the way through 36,000 points. He started Tuesday's game at center for the first time in his career. He finished with 32 points, 11 rebounds, and 11 assists in 39 minutes. It was his 102nd career triple-double. He started at the 5 because Anthony Davis is out at least four weeks, four weeks with a knee sprain. Lakers assistant David Fisdale lauded James for his performance following the win, saying, quote, I don't think you guys realize what this guy just did. He just played the five for four quarters and dominated at the position. This guy is unbelievable. I can't help it, man. We're very lucky as basketball people to get to watch what we're watching right now out of his out of this man, and it's just beautiful. And I couldn't agree more. LeBron, at 37 years old in his 19th season, starting at center for the first time in his career, to put up those kind of numbers, that is absolutely insane. But we got some football to talk about. Although COVID has ran through the league and Carson Wentz did pick it up. Indianapolis quarterbacks, sorry, Indianapolis Colts quarterback Carson Wentz will will play in Sunday's game against the Las Vegas Raiders if he's able to clear the NFL protocols. Under new protocols, Wentz would be eligible to play five days after his positive test if he is asymptomatic. Players must be at least 24 hours removed from having a fever without the aid of medication and not exhibiting any symptoms. Wentz is unvaccinated. He would have been forced to set out 10, 10 days under the previous rules. The new NFL rules apply regardless of vaccination status, as I talked about previously. So that's an update on Carson Wentz and the Indianapolis Colts. Now switching gears to some baseball. Um, Kyle Seeger is retiring after 11 seasons in the MLB. I have to say I was shocked when I saw this. Uh, Julie Seeger, his wife, shared a statement um, on Twitter the 34-year-old 34-year-old third baseman spent his entire career with the Seattle Mariners. His 1,480 appearances are the fourth most in franchise history. In November, the Mariners declined Seager's $20 million option for the 2022 season. That move did not come as a surprise. In Seattle's season finale, a 7-3 loss to the Los Angeles Angels on October 3rd, Seager exited midway through the top half of the ninth inning. That allowed the home wins to bid him a farewell, as it was pretty obvious that he was gone. Seattle Seahawks star Russell Wilson commented 
on his Pacific Northwest Pier saying, quote, one of the best to ever do it on the hot corner. Congrats to a true Seattle legend, Kyle Seeger, on an outstanding career. Uh, while he failed to immediately sign with another team, the 2014 All-Star might have found a new home later in the offseason based on his performance in 2021. I certainly think he would have. He had 35 home runs, 101 RBIs, a 723 OPS in 159 games. His 2.5 war wins above replacement, tied for 14th best among amongst third basemen, according to Fangraph. So he definitely would have found a team to sign for, but he decided to retire. Um... It did look like to me that he had another year or two potentially left in the tank at a high level. And considering the fact that the Mariners didn't make the playoffs a single time in his tenure, he could have joined a playoff contender to taste the success that eluded him in Seattle. But he decides not to. He still has his younger brother, Corey, uh, who should light it up with the Texas Rangers. But we got some football to talk about. The Jacksonville Jaguars soap opera continues. They will begin their interview process for their next head coach with Doug Peterson, according to Ian Rappaport. The team will reportedly meet with the former Philadelphia Eagles coach on Thursday. Jacksonville is seeking a replacement for Urban Meyer, who was fired after only 13 games into his first season with the team. Peterson spent five years with the Eagles winning the Super Bowl after the 2017 season, but he was fired after last year's 4-11-1 campaign. The 53-year-old finished with a 42-37-1 record in Philadelphia, reaching the playoffs in three of five years. He also spent three years as offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs under Andy Reid and has experience as a quarterback's coach as well. This, res- this resume could be very valuable to a Jaguars team looking to get the most out of quarterback Trevor Lawrence, who was the number one overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. Um, Jason Lucanfora of CBS Sports first reported the Jaguars' interest in both Peterson and Jim Caldwell, two coaches who are, quote, heralded for their work with quarterbacks. Their past experience in the NFL and demeanor as players' coaches also differentiates them from Meyer. So that is a potential move for the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is absolutely terrible for the Minnesota Vikings and their fans. Minnesota Vikings receiver Adam Thielen will miss the remainder of the 2021 season after undergoing surgery on his ankle. The Athletic reported that Thielen re-aggravated his nagging ankle injury in last week's loss to the Los Angeles Rams. He was later placed on injured reserve by the Vikings. Thielen missed two games because of the ankle injury suffered in Week 13, although injuries rarely cause him to miss games. The two-time Pro Bowler played every possible game in his first five seasons before a hamstring injury cost him six games in 2019. He then spent one game on the reserve-slash-COVID list in 2020. He has otherwise stayed healthy and been a reliable contributor for the Vikings, especially in the red zone. After scoring a career-high 14 touchdowns last year, Thielen has, a, has followed it up with 10 this year, 10 touchdown receptions in 2021. So this is a monumental loss for the Minnesota Vikings if they look to make some kind of playoff run or playoff push. Uh, more on the Jaguars. Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn will not interview with the Jacksonville Jaguars during the two-week regular season window when the head coaching interviews are allowed. ESPN's Adam Schefter reported the Jaguars requested to interview Quinn, but he will not take part in the process. It's unclear if Quinn declined the interview or if the Cowboys intervened. It's impossible to say. Teams are allowed to deny interview requests during the new window that allows teams with head coaching vacancies to interview candidates in the final two weeks of the season. Quinn joined the Cowboys as their defensive coordinator for the 2021 season after spending the previous six seasons as the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Talked about that on a previous episode. Aaron Rodgers can't keep him, can't seem to keep himself out of the drama. And we got more about Rodgers. Whether Aaron Rodgers would suit up for the Green Bay Packers for the 2021 season or have his 
trade wish granted was a major storyline last offseason whether he plays at all in 2022 is shaping up to be a major storyline this offseason Rodgers told reporters Wednesday he has not decided on his playing status beyond this season, noting that he wants to go out playing at a high level, saying, quote, I'm just enjoying this season for this season and playing next year will definitely be in the thought process. He says it's important for him to not be a bum on his way out, but play at a high level. And he's definitely doing that. Aaron Rodgers says he isn't necessarily thinking about playing elsewhere next season. He says the complimentary things he said about Packers and Brian Goodkunst have been heartfelt and that his relationship has grown with Goodkunst. Whatever he decides to do after this season, Aaron Rodgers says it will be a quick decision instead of a long, drawn-out process. He'll speak with people close to him, including key members of, of the Packers, after the season ends and determine how he'll move forward. One good sign for Packers fans who hope Rodgers sticks around is that the veteran quarterback seems to be enjoying himself this season quite a bit. Um, you know, that was never a guarantee as the Packers and Rodgers were going back and forth in a rather tumultuous offseason. But the entire saga regarding his future in Green Bay has felt like ancient history during the season, with the Packers sitting at 12-3 and atop the NFC, and Rodgers, who's thrown for 3,689 yards, 33 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, and a 68% completion percentage, playing like an MVP candidate yet again. Um, granted, Rodgers has hinted at retirement before. When he ended his time away from the Packers in late July, he acknowledged that calling it quits had crossed his mind, though he ultimately decided he still had desire to play. If I had to guess, I would think that Rodgers will play after this season, but it does depend on how the Packers do. If they win the Super Bowl, I could see him kind of hanging it up and leaving the sport on top. Switching gears to the NBA. The NBA has postponed today's planned game between the Miami Heat and San Antonio Spurs. According to Woj of ESPN, the Heat did not have at least eight players available, which is the minimum number required of a team to play. The Heat said Wednesday that uh, Zillin, Sheetam, PJ Tucker, and Gabe Vincent entered health and safety protocols, while Jimmy Butler, Markeith Morris, and KZL Coppola would be out through injury. Six other players were listed in Miami's injury report. Um, so Woj tweeted, quote, The Miami Heat are signing center Eric Kaufman of the G League Austin Spurs to a 10-day hardship deal, sources tell ESPN. His best attribute today, driving distance. He's on his way to San Antonio to meet the Heat and help them have eight active players to avoid a postponement versus Spurs. That's how diff that that's how desperate they were. A number of teams across the league have struggled to meet the, the eight player threshold due to the increase in COVID nineteen cases brought on by the new variant. So that's the latest. I'm not sure when this game will be played, but it is postponed. And we are switching gears to more basketball. This was honestly very sad to see. The Cleveland Cavaliers announced today that guard Ricky Rubio will miss the rest of the season with a torn ACL in his left knee. Rubio went down with a non-contact knee injury in Tuesday's loss to the New Orleans Pelicans. He was helped off the floor without putting any weight on his leg and was set to undergo an MRI today. Quote, it's really hard for me because I could see the pain he was in when he went down. Cavs forward Kevin Love told reporters, him and I have such a history. I really care for him. I'm just praying that he's going to be okay. We don't know what the near future is going to hold for him. We're, we're just completely gutted. He was having such a great season, and he was. He previously tore his left ACL during the 2011-12 season, an injury that derailed a otherwise promising season. The veteran point guard has largely stayed healthy over the past six seasons, missing no more than 14 games in a season over that time span. The Cavs were off to a surprising, you know, relatively hot 20-14 and 14 start to the season, with Rubio playing a steady hand off the bench while helping mentor rising star Darius Garland. With Colin Sexton out for the season with a meniscus tear, the Cavs' formerly robust guard depth is suddenly suddenly looking uh, fairly thin. With that, I'm going to switch gears to college football. 
This uh, was arguably the biggest bowl game today. The Clemson Tigers ended an otherwise disappointing season, at least by the program's own lofty standards. On a positive note, Clemson beat Iowa State 20-13 to on Wednesday night at the Cheez-It Bowl, ending their season by reaching the 10-win mark. They finished at 10-3. and Iowa State, meanwhile, closed out the year at 7-6, and a disappointment in its own right, given that the program was ranked number 7 to open the season. It was not the prettiest game by any means. The first half featured three field goals and one missed field goal as both teams struggled to find an offensive rhythm or close out drives. It was not until Will Shipley's rushing touchdown with just under five minutes left in the third quarter that either team scored a touchdown. Clemson's defense extended that lead on Iowa State's next offensive possession as Mario Goodrich intercepted a batted pass and took it to the house for a pick six. Iowa State had a chance to make things interesting after battling back in the fourth quarter, getting the ball back with just under two minutes left in the game, down seven. But Clemson's defense held... So a big win for Clemson. The two other college football games today that I both got right were uh, Maryland at Virginia Tech. Maryland destroyed Virginia Tech 54-10. to And the last one was Oklahoma over Oregon. I took Oklahoma and they won 47-32. to Now switching gears to the NBA to close out this episode of the Sean Sports Stop podcast. The Memphis Grizzlies earned their third straight win by defeating the Los Angeles Lakers in a tough game, 104-99 at home today. John Morant led the way with a season-high 41 points and a career-high six threes. His previous career-high of five threes was earlier this season against the Lakers on the road. The Grizzlies are now 22-14. and They've now won their past two meetings against the Lakers and lead the season series 2-1. The two teams will face each other again next month in their final matchup of the season. The Lakers fall to 17-19 and after their sixth loss in seven games. LeBron James had a team-high 37 points and tied a career-high with eight threes himself, but it was not enough for the Lakers. Desmond Bain with 20 points for the Grizzlies. Russell Westbrook with a triple-double, 16 points, 10 rebounds, 12 assists. I mean, throughout most of the game, Memphis struggled on offense, but still managed to keep the game close. They shot 2 of 14 from three in the first half, but their 12 of 13 from the free-throw line. Got them within six at halftime. Morant was the lone bright spot for Memphis through the first 24 minutes, scoring 16 points. Coming out of the break, Memphis turned up his energy and spearheaded a furious comeback to erase a 14-point deficit. And um, Morant scored 24 or 25 of his 41 points in the second half. He's the first Grizzlies player to have three career 40-point games. And, I mean, he's just, he's crazy. John Morant is a star in this league. And... Yeah, I mean, what can I say? That's all I have for this episode of the Sean Sports Stop Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you like the show, leave a five-star review on iTunes. Follow me on Spotify. Follow me on Instagram at Sean Hardo. That's S-E-A-N-H-A-R-D-T-H-O. At Lenny's Picks for the best sports picks in the world. I won 18-2 and two today. Let's see how I did just so I can, just so I can uh, brag real quick. Let's see. Lenny's Picks today... We went 18-2 and two on the day, 8-1 and one in NBA, 6-0, and oh, a perfect 6-0 and oh in NHL, a perfect 3-0 and oh in college football, and 1-1 one and one in soccer. So that is how we do it. Lenny's Picks on Instagram. I just dropped the first episode of Lenny's Sports Gambling Podcast, where in addition to posting the picks for free on Instagram, I sell my picks on the podcast, go into details on why I think it's going to happen, the whole shebang. Again, thank you guys so much for listening, and I'll see you guys on the next one.